This is the Retail Podcast, your B2B show for the best thought leadership in the industry, bringing you education, information, and inspiration, only on MarketScale. On that third megatrend, where consumers really have taken over the shopping channel, they're walking into stores a lot more informed. We don't hide from the fact that retail is difficult. You know, every day is a challenge, but that excites the customer. They love that. All right, hello and welcome to the podcast today, everyone. I'm your host, Tyler Kern, and joining me today is Eric Thompson. He's a senior sales executive at Blue Water. Eric, thank you so much for uh, taking some time to talk to me today. Well, thanks for having me, Tyler. Absolutely. And today we're going to be talking about how retailers and brands are utilizing technology to really create and enhance their in-store experiences. And I think let's just start off here, Eric, because you have a lot of experience in retail, 25 years of experience in retail, in fact. And so you're an expert in this field. And I think that one of the things that we've really seen is just uh, maybe a shift away from viewing customers simply as people coming in and they're going to get items and leave to now wanting to create that in-store experience that keeps people coming back. Has that been a shift that you've seen over the last few years? Oh, absolutely. And uh, we've all heard the, you know, the news of the retail apocalypse and, you know, all the store closures. And I mean, retail, you know, very simply, retail is not dead, but it's changing. You know, the experience economy, you know, this is something we've, we've, we started hearing about 20 years ago, really, the whole experience uh, experience in retail. And over the last two years, that's something that's really uh, become uh, a hot button in retail. So, Yeah, and I, I think you're absolutely right about that. And one of the big things just about creating that experience to me that stands out is that this is, like you mentioned, retail is not dying, it's just changing. And I think one of the big ways that brick and mortar retail is changing is that it's starting to, in some ways, in some facets, resemble a little bit more that e-commerce type um, experience that people have where, you know, they have preferences that are saved or things along those lines. Uh, Brick and mortar is starting to emulate that to a certain extent. Oh, absolutely. I think that's a that's a good uh, good point there, Tyler. And retail is it's kind of interesting. The obviously the online experience is something that that is big and is not going away. And I think it's close to about ten percent uh, of of what retail sales are now. But you know, there's still people want to go to a store. People still want to shop in stores. You know, but they they want more of a frictionless experience. And I'll, I'll talk about that quite a bit, you know, during my talk here, but uh, you know, a frictionless experience, people will go into the stores, but you know, you don't want to be waiting in a checkout line, you know, for, for 10 or 15 minutes anymore. I kind of look at Amazon go as something that a lot of people know about. Um, you know, that's, it's kind of, that's kind of designed more towards a frictionless experience where you, where you walk into the store, select the items that you want, and you walk out. I mean, no standing and checkout lines. It's very, very quick and easy, and it's something that uh, that technology is out there. So, yeah. Let's say somebody's listening to this and they're saying, "Hey, look, I'm a retailer, and I hear what you're saying, but I have no idea what that means to create an experience." Um, you know, it, it, people come to my store, they get what they want, and they leave. How am I supposed to uh, change that experience for customers in a way that is positive for them that they will enjoy? What let's let's define that word experience maybe and talk about how some retailers are able to uh, to provide that for their customers. Well, I guess the, the, the first thing is to know who your customer base is. 
I mean, if you are a, you know, a, a retailer that's catering more towards the Gen Z or the millennials, you know, they're looking for, you know, they're digitally native. So they, they want to have um, those, you know, digital um, attributes in the store. Uh, maybe if it's a, a store that caters to, you know, the baby boom generation, you know, there there are ways to, you know, weave technology into the stores without uh, without being too tech heavy. So, you know, it has to be, you know, you have to use technology kind of towards who your customers are. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think I think that's one hundred percent right. So I, I think more and more often we we've been talking, you know, about the brick and mortar experience and how it compares to e commerce, but I feel like it's technology that's really helping to bridge that gap between the traditional brick and mortar and e commerce. So what are some of the particular maybe solutions that people are using to help create that in store experience that reminds them of e commerce or kind of helps bridge that gap, so to speak, of the experience of buying things on Amazon and going to an actual store. You mentioned uh, frictionless. Let's get into that a little bit. What are some of the the actual technologies behind this, and how are they working to help retailers? Yeah, and I uh, a couple good examples. I I uh, was recently reading about the new uh, uh, Sam's Club that that just opened in in Dallas, I believe, and they've got some really neat uh, technology woven into there that I that I haven't heard of. And one thing I can uh, speak with that I thought was very, very intriguing was their their online shopping lists. So you know, for instance, we've all created shopping lists of what we what we need to go, you know, bread and milk and so forth. But Sam's Club has kind of taken this to the next level. So as you create your shopping list online, you show up at the store, and it will show you. It, when you walk in an exact map of where you need to travel throughout the store to grab your particular items. And once again, this is kind of the whole frictionless experience. Like I was saying, rather than going to one end of the store and having to go to the other, it kind of creates a roadmap. And, um, you know, one other thing that uh, we're seeing a lot with the technology is more artificial intelligence. So um, as you, Walk up to a product and you and you look at it and you say, well, that's that's kind of interesting. I'd like to know a little bit more about it. You pull your phone out and you can actually just have your your phone looking at that item, and it'll tell you all about the company or the product, uh, all of those things. It's not on the packaging or on the signage and so forth. So, you know, artificial intelligence is something that uh, is seen uh, woven into the retail experience now. That's a really good point, and I think it's an interesting thing to bring up just because I think more and more these days, just with uh, the amount of information that's out there on the Internet, people want to know more about the products they're buying. And so the ability to be able to use that artificial intelligence and um, and kind of enhance the experience that way, just to be able to learn a little bit more about, like you said, the company or maybe what's you know what products make up, um, what ingredients are in a, a particular item or something like that. I think that's really a, a positive enhancement of the experience. I want to know you know user reviews and things like that. You know, I, and so I, I think that that really is something that enhances the experience for for consumers. Oh, absolutely. And it's kind of interesting that uh, nearly 85% of the people now, before they go to a store, will do research online. And they want they want to know about, uh, you know, um, 
environmental uh, aspects of the company and, and how sustainable they are or, you know, what, uh, you know, what the, what the company stands for. It's, it's important to, to know for the, for the, you know, the consumers nowadays. And I, I like the idea of the mapping through the store as well, because it takes, um, what can sometimes be a frustrating experience, you know, trying to find that one thing that's on your list and you're like, I don't know what this is. Like, I think for me, the other day I was at my local grocery store and my wife wanted me to buy like the crispy onion string things, you know, that you put on a casserole or whatever. And I had no idea what aisle that was on, you know. And so I, I think if you remove some of those uh, points of friction, like not knowing where to find something, um, that that's also just a really positive thing, you know, the, the, with the Sam's Club and what they're doing in Dallas. If I have a roadmap through the store, that's going to get me in and out and on with my day a little bit quicker. And then I'll think back maybe more fondly upon my trip to that store, which is always a good thing. Oh, absolutely. And it's, it's, it's really about just being efficient, being frictionless and just, you know, having a good experience going into the store. And, you know, we've all, you know, been involved where you, you go to a store and, you know, there's a hundred people, you know, waiting to check out and maybe three cashiers open or something like that. I mean, that's extremely frustrating for a lot of people. So, yeah. And, and having that, uh, where you can go through and, you know, mobile pay or selfie pay, you know, just just making things quick and easy for your customers. My only question is whether or not I can uh, maneuver the map to avoid certain sections. Like I need to stay out of the bakery, you know, cake making area, perhaps, or <laughs> you know, so, something like that. <laughs> so keep me away from the donuts. That's my that's my one request. Um, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And they and I tell you, uh, Tyler, they may they may be coming up with that. And that's a great idea. You know? <laughs> Please keep me away from this zone. Absolutely. Exactly. Exactly. Taylor, Taylor. So it keeps me away from donuts and uh, and my wife away from maybe the wine section or something like that. Uh, hopefully she's not listening. Um, but that's that if we could do that, we'd, we'd be successful. Um so we have seen uh, a good number of major retailers file bankruptcy over the last several years, and I think it's because of just this inability uh, or maybe lack of willingness to evolve and to adapt. How have you seen that playing out among some of these retailers that haven't been able to necessarily keep up with the current environment in retail? Yeah, absolutely. And, and over the last two years, I mean, we have seen over 30 major retailers declare bankruptcy. I mean, it's it's absolutely amazing. And we all hear about Sears or Toys R Us. You know, those are the top the top ones that, that probably come to mind. But there are there are over 30 that have declared bankruptcy over the last two years. And and, you know, kind of being passionate about this topic, I, I really like to study that and say, you know, what's the common thread here? Why are these? 30 companies, you know, going out of business. That's a great and, question. And really, yeah, absolutely. And it's, and it's really, you know, as I kind of, as I mentioned earlier, you know, being and understanding what your customers uh, want and what their needs are and so forth. And, and uh, yeah, it's something that absolutely they have to, uh, to evolve. It's interesting because I, I think for, a lot of these retailers, there was very little advantage potentially to going in the store versus uh, just buying whatever it was that they were selling on Amazon instead, you know? And I think that maybe they lost sight of what that in-store experience was, what it should be, and how they could actually enhance people's experience by having them actually visit the physical location. And I think that they maybe lost out as part of that. Oh, absolutely. And I, and I think that's a good point. And, um, there's I, I was reading recently um, 
and some of our listeners may know of Hudson Yards in uh, New York, the most recent uh, retail playground, if you will, that's just opened. And uh, so a lot of very innovative things happening in that area. One one I'd like to, to, to talk about here that's kind of innovative is Zara. And I think most of us have seen the Zara department stores in this and but Zara in this particular store started a really neat integrated stock management system, which sounds, you know, I, I like to get into the nuts and bolts of how retail operates and so forth. But very simply, um, if you go into the Zara store, you know, obviously you select the items that you want. You walk out like a typical retail store. But with this integrated stock management system, Zara has the ability to fulfill online orders from their in-stock inventory. So if you are, let's say, within a certain radius of the store and you want to select a new dress or something like that, you could have that store um, fulfill the order, deliver it the same day. So those are those are really interesting things happening. So I like that. And, and maybe rather than focusing on what some of these other retailers have done wrong, let's focus on what other retailers that are successful, that have successfully evolved and adapted, what they're doing right. So what are some other examples of companies that are doing it, in your opinion, the right way and, and adapting and learning from technology, even if they are you know, legacy brands and people that have been around for a while? Absolutely. And I think, you know, a good example, I think, of that, uh, Tyler, is with Nordstrom's department store. I mean, this is a department store that's been around, and I don't have the exact number, but probably a hundred years. So it's it's and it's and it's done a very very good job at evolving and embracing technology. And a couple examples I like to use. Um, actually, my favorite example is if you're going to the store to buy a new suit. So in the old days, you would kind of go into the fitting room try something on, come back out, grab something else, you know, and this could be, you know, a couple hour process. But Nordstrom's has a very unique uh, system right now. They have a, a a giant screen that you can stand in front of and it, and it has a camera on there and it, and it senses your body type. So it creates an avatar of your body. So the sales associate that's helping you can then, knows your exact measurements based on the screen and can start to show you different cuts of your suit, different colors, different accessories, different sizes, and and kind of create everything right there with technology online to, you know, prevent all of the tape measures and everything that, that goes on with getting a, a custom-made suit. And it's just really a, a, a very interesting way to um, use technology uh, to make it more of a frictionless experience buying a new suit. Absolutely. And that gives me a reason to go into the store as well, because I I know that I'm going to have to get measured and I know that I want a suit that fits well and that sort of thing. But it gives me a great reason to go in and visit because I know it's going to be a quick and a, a much uh, a much less painful experience than it would have been in the past when it would have taken years. Exactly. Exactly. And that's a that's that's the whole point of this and it's how you know it illustrates just how much faith Nordstrom's has in technology in their physical stores you know so they're not uh, looking at this as a gloom and doom oh my goodness retail's dying 
you know, how are we going to close these stores? They're looking at, okay, let's embrace technology. Let's, let's start, you know, courting the, 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 the millennials, the Gen Z, let's get them in here. And, and it's, it's, it's a really good example uh, once again, of how uh, important technology is for Nordstrom's. Absolutely. And we're seeing uh, other examples like with, with Target perhaps opening maybe smaller stores and that sort of thing and focusing in on what it is that people are actually looking for. And I think that that goes back to something you mentioned at the beginning, knowing who your audience is and what they're looking for. Yeah, absolutely. And I'd and I like to take a, you know, a step back here too. Um, and I was reading an article recently from Steiner and Associates and they have uh, projected that the United States is overstored by 1.2 billion square feet of space. Wow. So if you kind of compare the United States to other industrialized countries out there, I mean, we are essentially 1.2 billion square feet of, of, of additional space that we need. So what we're seeing, and going back to your question about Target, um, Target has seen this. Walmart has seen this. You know, all the all of the big guys. But um, Target just recently announced 30 new slim down stores for 2019, but only two of their typical full size stores that we're all familiar with in suburbia. So what these are, uh, the the 30 new slim down stores or or Target Express, they call them a lot of times. These are an average of 40,000 square foot stores, which is about the third of the normal Target store that we're all familiar with. And a very interesting fact about this, these are actually the most profitable stores for Target. Wow. Smaller, slim down stores. Absolutely. And, you know, a a lot of people wonder, well, how can you cram 120,000 square foot? Uh, of of merchandise into a 40,000 square foot space. Well, what it is, is with the the whole analytics of the stores knowing what their consumers want in that particular region, it's a much more curated selection of, of merchandise. You know, for instance, if you have a Target Express in uh, downtown Minneapolis uh, by the University of Minnesota, you know, they're not going to carry, you know, a bunch of car batteries and tires and things like that, they're going to, you know, have a selection of merchandise that really is geared and curated towards that region's consumer. Yeah. So if you buy a bunch of college students, uh, you know, a lot of frozen pizzas, if it, you know, or that, that was, maybe that was just my experience, but uh, I'm, I feel, I feel safe in making that assumption. Uh, but, yeah. but no, I, I think you're absolutely right. This points to a larger trend in retail of maybe getting away from the, uh, what was the old saying? Stack it high. And, uh, yeah, yeah. And, and what that is, and this kind of goes back to 20 or 25 years ago when I first started in retail and, Kind of the mantra everyone uses, stack it high and sell it cheap. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and I I do think that this is maybe a a bit of a departure from that, don't you? Absolutely, absolutely. There's there's no reason for that anymore. There's, there's, you know, stores can have warehouses off-site in much, uh, you know, much more inexpensive areas rather than just bringing all of their inventory in and, and, like I said, stack it high. And sell it cheap. There's no reason for that anymore. With the, with with the technology out there, and the amount of information available to retailers, 
just there's just not a need for that anymore. Yeah, and as we talk about information, one of the things that I think has been a, a recent development as well has been the the technology of geofencing. Can you kind of explain that and talk about how that provides retailers with even more information than what they've had in the past? Oh, absolutely. And I think geofencing is kind of a it's a really cool technology that's that's out there. And and really what it what it's tied to is knowing your customer and where they're at at all times. So if, you know, obviously the retailers have a lot of technology with their apps and trying to encourage customers, you know, to have their apps and so forth, you know, for online and and in-store experience. But geofencing is interesting because if you're, let's just say, walking in a mall and you have uh, the Nike app or something like that on your phone as you're walking by Nike knows that you're you're coming close to their store and they want you in that store so um, the interesting thing is okay well how do I get Tyler into this store Um, is it coupons is it um, is it a new special maybe it's some giveaways maybe it's some swag that they can you know give to their customers and so forth so um, it's really a, a, an interesting customer analytic tool that's uh, being used by a lot of retailers out there. Yeah, that's absolutely fascinating. And I think, again, that gets back to just the understanding of who the customer is and what exactly they're going to want. And the more that you're able to uh, to know about that in a non-invasive way, we should probably say, because that, that's another thing that is, that's on the top of people's minds these days is where's their data going and that sort of thing. But if retailers can use that, um, to better craft those experiences and to understand who is around and that kind of thing, then they can tailor that content a little bit better. Oh, absolutely. And I think, you know, even taking it a step step further, and I mentioned Nike, you know, their their particular uh, mobile app is called Nike Plus. And they, this is almost an, an app for super fans. You know, we call, whether, you know, <laughs> maybe they're called sneakerheads or whatever. I mean, there's, there's a, a lot yeah. of people out there that really are very, very loyal fans, and that's what these are for. But, you know, this is uh, apps that are available for brands to give to their most loyal customers. And there's lots of important functions for those. I mean, you know, there's loyalty rewards, like I mentioned, uh, maybe some special coupons, or maybe it's a, an opportunity to have early access to some of their products. You know, um, recently I had a you know, an experience with uh, with Adidas, and they had a, a new product come out. And um, yeah, there was it was it was one of those items that I, that I wanted to get. I thought, okay, well, I'll get on there at this, when the, when this drops, and and lo and behold, it's 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 already sold out. So um, oh. yeah, so it's interesting that uh, you know if and I wondered if I had a mobile app for you know for a super fan of Adidas if I could have gotten that product to, you know, but it's something I need to check out for sure. So yeah, yeah, and, and I, I kind of wonder also just. As we talk about this, there's an acknowledgement just that uh, certain technology is going to work better and differently for uh, certain retailers than others. It's not a one-size-fits-all thing. And one of the things we've talked about is just how many people go on their phones before they actually enter the stores. And I think social media is another big aspect of this. Some some stores are going to be smaller and not going to have the ability to add in some of this frictionless technology and stuff like that because of 
budget concerns, but that doesn't preclude them from, you know, having an app or, you know, having uh, having a, a positive social media, um, you know, presence out there in the marketplace that then people can still interact with their stores before they walk in the doors. Oh, absolutely. And I think, you know, this is a this is an entirely different uh, retail model anymore. And um, one one example, I you know, I like to use there's a, a new retailer. Um, it's actually a spinoff of Forever 21 and we we're all familiar with you know Forever 21 retail stores but there's a new store um that was actually started by the daughters of the company called Riley Rose and this is a really interesting store it's it's more of a cosmetic store mm-hmm. but it's geared more towards the Gen Z generation so you can go in there and get uh get your makeup and so forth but also you know, buy some candy and buy, you know, it's just, just lots of fun things to do in the store and lots of very Instagrammable areas. So uh, there may be some seats with uh, pink walls and flowers around there that you gather your friends around and, you know, take a picture and put it on Instagram. That's, that's marketing gold right there. If you can, you know, if you can really, get your customers to promote your products look at the look at the 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 amount of marketing dollars that you could save by doing that yeah and i, I think that just kind of goes to a bigger theme that maybe we've been we've been talking about but haven't addressed directly and it's that creating that experience for customers is more than just you know, getting some some LED screens and putting some of your content on it. It's it, you have to be more thoughtful than that. And if you buy, you know, LED screens and that sort of thing, but you don't have a plan for how to utilize it and how to craft that experience for the customer, then then I think you probably put the cart in front of the horse to a certain extent. There has to be that strategy there, that thought behind. Okay, what do we want our customers to experience, and how do we take them on that journey? Absolutely. And I think you, you brought up a good point about, uh, you know, a lot of people think technology, okay, I'll get a, you know, a 60 inch screen and I'll put it on the wall and that's going to be our technology. And, and that's just one step, uh, you know, the, and even more important that I tell a lot of my customers is, you know, the content strategy, you know, what are you going to put on there and how is that going to be memorable and how is that going to promote your product? Because I've and we've all seen it. We go into a store that, you know, into their electronics department and they may just be playing the same thing over and over. Maybe one of the screens is burned out. You know, you have to have that strategy for um, the content and making sure that it's fresh and up to date and, and relevant. Yeah, that's a, that's a great point. How, how often do you have those kinds of conversations where um, somebody's sitting there saying, "Oh yeah, technology. I need to get me some of that. Uh, maybe data. I need a little bit of that." You know, because those are the those are the trends right now, and those are kind of the buzzwords. And someone says, "Oh yeah, I, I should use that," without really having a plan in place for how to to utilize it. Has, have you had those types of conversations? Absolutely. I mean, these are constantly conversations that I have with retail uh, that that realize okay, we need to get into technology. This is what our customers are asking for. So Eric, can you, can you give me a quote to put a screen on the wall? You know, so I, so I, I kind of dig a little bit deeper and it's like, okay, well, you know, what are you planning to, to do with this and how are you going to manage your content and how are you going to promote yourself with this? And, and that seems to be the, the area that the customers have to understand and have a plan for. 
Absolutely. Well, uh, you know, I think your experience speaks for itself. Just having worked with eight of the top 10 retailers and 25 years experience in the industry, you've kind of seen trends and fads come and go. But I, I think that what you're speaking to is the, is the constant in the industry. And it's that you have to have a plan for engaging the customer. And I think that that's the, that's the biggest thing. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, the, the people, as I mentioned earlier, people still want to shop in stores. You know, they, right. it's, it's not that people always want to sit home and, and shop on their computer. They still want to go to a destination and they still want to shop in stores. But as I mentioned, they don't want to wait in a checkout line. That's not something that's, you know, I don't think at the top 10 of a customer experience, you know, they, they, they <laughs> want to move through the store quickly and get what they need. And, you know, and, and, and another thing is a lot of customers want a personalized experience, you know, it, it's it's even though, you know, we're living in this fast paced technological world, you know, customers still like to be, you know, have that personal experience. Absolutely. Absolutely. And part of what technology is doing is helping to provide those experiences. And so uh, it's an exciting time we're living in. It's exciting to see all of the different innovations and it's exciting to watch retail undergo um this transformation, so to speak, and it's been painful for some retailers, but uh, for others, it's been uh, beneficial, like what you mentioned with Nordstrom's and, and others, uh, really learning how to how to best operate in this current climate has been uh, has been an exciting process, I'd have to say. Oh, absolutely. And 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 we're seeing it a lot of areas and, you know, and and I've recently um, was reading about the new Samsung experience stores. And, you know, these are these are large, you know, retail stores um, that have just opened in Los Angeles and Houston and New York City, I believe. But, um, you know, and, and they kind of, you know, it was kind of interesting when I was reading more about that is everybody kind of compares that. OK, well, how's it how does it compare to an Apple store? You know, because we've we've all been through this through malls and 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 shopping areas and you and you walk by and and you see stores that uh maybe not you know that don't have any customers in there and then you go by an apple store and it's like the, the customers are just hundreds in there just waiting so <laughs> you know apple apple yeah, is yeah. really kind of the gold standard when it comes to you know how to get people in the store and how to you know how to give them that experience so you see a lot of uh, a lot of people that are that are copying that um, that whole success and uh, and and also adapting in different ways. For instance, you know Samsung, as I mentioned, with their Samsung Experience Store, they sell different products that that Apple does as well. So um, you know it's really not a um, apples to apples comparison, but um, yeah, definitely all of the you know the big retailers, the successful retailers, you know, are seeing the the benefits of technology and experience and kind of threading this into you know just a, just a really good experience for the customer Absolutely. Well, I think this has been incredibly informative, and I hope uh, people have uh, enjoyed kind of this look at technology in retail and and where it is right now and where it's potentially going in the future. So, Eric Thompson, senior sales executive for Blue Water, thank you so much for uh, for joining us today, and I look forward to uh, chatting again in the future. Well, thank you, Tyler, and uh, I look forward to it as well. 